Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Fire and Fragrance podcast. Today we have Kristoff talking about how we are gonna go. And without further ado, here he is. All right, so uh, man, it's been so fun rocking with you guys the last couple days. Uh, this is my last day with you guys. Um, but I'm so, I know it's sad, but I'm so excited because you guys are about to get on airplanes and go bring the gospel. <laughs> All over. So, I when, when I think about commissioning, we've been looking at Jesus. We've been looking at the man Jesus. But when we think about commissioning, we realize it's the revelation of the one who has sent us who will sustain us. It's the revelation of the commissioning king that will be the only thing that can fulfill us as we go. Uh... I mean, it's so wild when I think of commit. The word mission literally comes from the Latin, which means to be sent. So commissioning is basically saying that you are entrusted, that you have been trusted by the one who is sending you for whatever the purpose is that he's sending you. It kind of blows my mind when I think about the fact that, you know, we are partnering with the work that God is already doing, of course, we're just in line with what Holy Spirit is doing. And I think I'm just kind of reminded of uh, this idea that the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro from the earth looking for wonders to perform for those whose hearts fully trust in him. And I believe that right now, like even right now, real time, that people are being prepared for where you're going. They, they might have just had a dream. They might have just woke up from preparing for when you're about to approach them. They might have just had a life-altering moment. They're, you know, they might have just had something in their life that came to remove the veil of pride in their life, preparing for when you walk up to them and introduce yourself. They're being prepared right now. I, I, I woke up and I was thinking about this story from my DTS outreach. And I remember there was this time... Again, living rooms and stadiums, right? We're just flowing faithful, God, because you are faithful. And I remember it was our off day. And we were there, you know, just kind of like our one off day. And, um, and I went to get on the bus to go back, you know, with, my, with our team. And we were just kind of vibing at a coffee shop. We go on the bus to go back to where we're staying. And uh, I go to get on the I just get this check in my spirit. Like, no, there's somebody here right now that, that, is, that is needing the Lord. So I kind of, I, I see my teammate in front and say, hey, tell our team leaders I'll be coming later. And it was like he was synced up with me and he knew. He's like, all right. Like we didn't even have to have the conversation. Like, he knew. He's like, go. All right, go. You know, I think I was commissioned by him in that moment. He's like, go. And so I'm walking around downtown Suva like, who is it? You know, all right, Lord, who is it? Who's out here that's like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy. You know, it feels like sometimes. I don't know, like, I, I'm trying to figure out theologically how this stuff works. The only way I can figure it out is kind of like, you know how Uber, when you, like, ping, like, is there a driver in the region? And then, like, if you're a driver, then they'll ping you, like, hey, do you want to accept this, this ride? I, I don't know. I wonder if it's, like, Uber faith in the spirit. You know what I mean? Like, the eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro from the earth. Is there anyone in the vicinity? Is there any laborer who can, like, accept this request right now? Somebody is crying out for the meaning of life. 
Is somebody available? And ping, I just got that ping. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to accept that one. Okay, let's go. And so, but like, I remember just now when I was in, when I was in Kyrgyzstan getting the ride to come back here. And you know when you're on the Uber and you're like, okay, this is, the, 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 this is like the clues that you have for the car. This is the license plate. And every headlight you see, you're wondering if, it's, if that's your ride, whatever. So I'm out here downtown Suva walking around like, all right, Lord, who is it? Who, need, who needs this right now? And I'm looking at different people. You know, super simple, not trying to be weird, but like um, super simple thing. Like, are they making eye contact with you? Are they highlighted, you know? And I'm like, oh, I don't really see anybody. Uh, I talk to the, uh, two people, find out they're Mormons, and it's kind of okay. But I'm like, I don't know if that was fully it. Okay, share a gospel seed, I don't know. But I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to sit down, write in my journal, and, uh, and, then I'll go, and then I'll go back. I go into this little patio area of this hotel. The security, the big security guard there sees me to come sit down at one of the tables, and he, he, he uh, kind of pulls back the chair for me to sit down. And as he's doing it, we're kind of having this, like, weird, like, awkward, like, I don't know, am I sitting down? Are you opening the chair? Like, are we having a conversation? Are you saying hi? Like, and he's just kind of open. I kind of awkwardly sit down, and I say hello, and he recognizes my accent is not from there. He says, oh, uh, what, brings you, what brings you to Fiji? I said, oh, I'm just about my father's business. And he goes, oh, your father owns the hotel? And I say, no, my, my heavenly father, about my father's business. And I don't know, something, it's that one in the chamber, you know, just ready. And I just had this thing that was in, in that season of my life, it was always like ready to go. And it was this, this one-liner. But I said, I just look him dead in the eyes. I say, God loves you and he wants you back. And this big security guy just starts bawling. And he's fully like ugly crying. He's just like, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, this big security guard, and I'm like, brand new. I'm a DTS student. It's just me out there. And I'm just kind of like letting Holy Spirit do what Holy Spirit does. And then just kind of letting him connect, collect himself. And then he just kind of eventually goes and he's like, on the, he's on the ground, sitting on the ground. I go sit beside him, and eventually he collects himself, and he looks up at me, and he's like, yo, he's like, are you an angel? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he's looking at me all crazy-eyed like, who are you? <laughs> and I, I didn't want to ruin the moment, you know what I mean? Because I was like, obviously God was doing something. So I just said, God loves you and he wants you back again, you know. And then eventually it come to find and say, what, what's happening in your heart right now? This is so wild. You know what he said? He said, last night I was out at, a, a, at another hotel cheating on my wife with another woman. I was drunk. And I was leaving, I was leaving the hotel room at like 3 in the morning. And I'm crossing a busy, busy highway. And I get hit by a car. And as I'm falling in the air, my life is flashing before my eyes. I cry out to God because he knew, he's like, I knew I was going to hell basically. And he said, I was crying out to God, God, if you'll give me a second chance, I'll give my life to you. And he hits the ground and he's lying on the cement. And all this is flashing before him. And he said something, he felt like the life of God and he gets up without a scratch. 
And he knew in that moment that God spared his life so that he could give his life to God. And he said, but I came here tonight to work my shift. And I was already in my mind starting to justify that wasn't God who saved me. And I was already making plans to go and cheat with that woman again tonight. And then you came and said, God loves you and he wants you back. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I said, I said, what's your name? He said, my name is Samuel. I said, what? I said, do you know what your name means? He said, no. He said, Samuel, your name means the Lord hears. The Lord hears you. And he loves you. And he sent me here for you right now. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro from the earth, looking for wonders to perform for those whose hearts fully trust in him. And so I believe you getting your funds in, I believe you getting on this plane is a response to the Lord of the harvest. And he's already preparing people right now. This is the ripeness right now that he's setting up people. I remember there was one time where uh, this uber faith <laughs> concept, but... Uh, very similarly, well, I don't know, similarly, but I'm about to go. I'm doing my master's at the time. I'm living in Toronto. There is a, uh, my in-class session is in Florida, a 24-hour drive away from where I am. So I'm going to get like my, you know, one of my buddies, my, my wife, my kids in the car. We're going to drive to go do my in-class session for my master's in Florida, Right. And the day that we're leaving, I get a text from my friend. Hey, bro, did you leave to Florida yet? No, why? What's up? He goes, I just got woken up by the audible voice of God. <laughs> Telling me the, these two words, Providence and Osteen. And this, you got to understand, my friend Jordan, he kind of rolls like this with the Lord. He'll often get names of people that need him, and he'll just go up, find them. Like, he's gotten, like, prostitutes' names, and he'll go up and find them. And words of knowledge, you know, the whole nine yards. He's, he's found missing persons before. Like, talk about uber faith. I mean, if you're available and you're ready to receive the ping, you might get it from the Lord. But, like, he's found missing persons before, like where the helicopters are out looking for people and stuff. Yeah. Pretty fun. Uh, so when he tells you he got woken up by the audible voice of God giving you some intel, you're like, yes, Lord, you know. And so he said he got this name. He looked up the, those, two, those two names because he'll often get street names of where the people are at. <laughs> so he said, I looked up the intersection, and it's an hour outside of Orlando, Florida, where you're about to go. I said, okay. Just put that, tuck that away in there, all right. And so I go. We ha I dr drive 24 hours, have the whole week of my in-class sessions, and then we're about to finish up and, um, and head out. My wife's family had planned like this family reunion. And you got to understand, I don't get to see my wife's side, so my in-law's side that much. And so it was like this whole family reunion because we were in the area. An hour, uh, less, I think an hour west of where we were in Orlando. But as we're loading up the, the minivan, I oh my goodness, the audible voice of the Lord giving us this address I got to go check it out. I don't know what's there. I don't know who's there. I don't know what it, what it is. But, hey, 
I'm a sent one, you know, I, I, I got to go. And, and it's all this concern, you know, my mother-in-law is like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be so hard. How do we explain this to my family? You heard, your friend heard the audible voice of God telling you to go to this thing for who knows what. You don't even know, you know. But I'm like, listen, and I remember just settling this in my heart. This is what I, this is the conclusion that I came to. I'm like, listen, I don't want to be at the end of my life, like on my deathbed being like, man, that's awesome. I live with no regrets, but just one. What was at the intersection of Providence and Osteen in Florida? I, I never found that out. I don't want to have one regret, you know, at the end of my life. Like, I never accepted a commissioning when I got one. So I said, I don't know what's there, and I might look stupid, and I might be embarrassing to you, to, to, to the family, but I just got to go take the call. So my wife and, you know, some of the kids, they go to the family reunion that side. My buddy and my two oldest kids, we go, and we're going, put the coordinates in the GPS, and we're going an hour east the other direction, and we're driving there. You know how on the GPS it tells you, like, time to destination? And we're, like, 20 minutes out, and the kids are just kind of playing and, and, you know, being kids in the backseat. And, like, kids, come on, we got to get, we got we to gotta lock in right now because we're about to pull up on a situation, and we have no idea what we're, what, what's there. You know, and I'm imagining different scenarios. That's actually a very helpful tool, by the way. Start to visualize and ask the Lord to imagine different scenarios that you, you're going to be in and how you're going to respond in faith. But I'm kind of visualizing different scenarios like, yo, what if it's like a busy intersection and I got to like jump up on top of my rental car and just like preach the gospel? And I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready, yo. I'm like, what if it's somebody's house? And I just got to go up and, like, knock on the door. And I'm, like, imagining some big mansion. And, like, knock on the door. And this guy comes up, like, eating a bowl of cereal with his house coat. And I'm, like, <laughs> uh, the Lord sent me? Uh, <laughs> do you need to be saved? <laughs> I'm imagining, like, what am I going to see at this place? And I'm just, I'm, like, kids, we got to get prepared. You know, this is mission. You know, this is. This is, this, this is you guys getting, and I tell the kids, we have no idea what we're about to do. And you can see my kids, they were young. Maybe like seven, seven and five. And you can tell my two boys, they just locked in. And they're like praying, and they're waiting on the Lord. All right, Lord, what is it? What are we about to roll up into? And GPS is getting closer, like five minutes to destination. And I'm like, where are we? There's no busy streets, there's no houses. All of a sudden, GPS is like, turn, turn, turn. Bing, we arrive. And it's this like, it's like this, uh, I don't know, like a park area. And so you have like pavilions and different things. And it kind of looks like out of a Dr. Seuss book. It's kind of weird. There's like the high palm trees, you know, and these like electric green emerald like little lakes and ponds, something about the minerals in the water. It was a trip. But there wasn't hardly any people there in the park. Get out of the car. I see a couple. I'm like, hey, I don't know what I said. What, something went in the chamber like, hey, God loves you. You know, Jesus has a plan for your life if you give it to him or something. They're like, oh, thank you. We're believers. Yes. We're like active in our church. And I'm like, okay, praise God. Praise God. Maybe I drove 24 hours to come and encourage somebody. I'm down. They're already believers. That's cool. You know, we walk around the park. There's hardly anyone else in the park. I think we talked to another, you know, to, to another, uh, like, some people that are there. It wasn't really anything much. I'm like, okay, well, we got to encourage some people. Praise God. And if this whole thing was just to see if my faith was willing, Lord, you're worth it. 
if I got to come back and tell my, my, my in-laws and my family, yeah, I, I, I went there and, you know, it was just a, an obedience thing. And I looked like a complete fool. It was worth it. Lord, I'm willing to look like a fool for you. Obedience is the goal. That is the target. Well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done, good and fruitful servant. Lord, I'm just here for you. I'm just being willing to be sent. And when I go, when you say so, that's the win. And I just settle that in my heart. And there's just something just, you know, just, just settled in my spirit. And, I, okay. and we're walking out. As we're walking out, I notice in this one pavilion over here, there's some people that are having a barbecue. They have a little, you know, placard with some pictures on it and a name. And so I walk by and I notice somebody just kind of walking out of the pavilion. I happen to just say, oh, is this a birthday party? And the person says, no, this is a funeral wake. I said, what happened? I said, oh, my friend, he's in a late 20s. And he uh, had some weird abscessed tooth and infection went into his heart and he suddenly died. I said, this is going to sound crazy. But I believe God sent me here with a message for you. And he said, hey, that's his, that's his widow over there. Her name is Amber. She would love to talk. So I, I sit down with Amber. I say, Amber, this is going to sound crazy. Pull out my phone and I show her the text. I got woken up by the audible voice of God giving me these coordinates, Providence and Osteen. Said, the Lord sent me here for you to tell you that death was never part of the original design. And he mourns with you. And his heart is broken. But he came on the cross so that you could have life eternal. And there was kind of some there sitting beside her who was like checking us out, like kind of blocking, you know, as a friend should, you know, in a time of mourning. People come up and what. So that friend who was kind of like standoffish towards us, she's kind of sitting there the whole time scowling at us, checking us out. But then I said, Amber, you know, I, before I go, I'd just love to pray with you. And that friend says, hold on a second. Everybody, everybody gather around, gather around, gather around, gathers everybody to come. Everybody comes and gathers around, able to share the gospel with the whole crew. 80% of them gave their lives to the Lord. And then my sons got to pray for Amber's two sons that just lost their dad. The fear of the Lord. I'm like, I'm, I, after this, is, I, I'm walking back to the rental car. And I'm, I'm like trembling in my spirit. I, I, I'm, I'm like physically just shook, right? And I'm going, Lord, who were those people? That they were that important that you would need to send the Uber ping like 24 hours away. To come and get them. And I'm tripping out. And I'm like, maybe one of those kids is like the next Lauren Cunningham. The next Billy Graham, you know. Or maybe somebody that was there in the group is like, the, 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 this, this next, uh, 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 this next uh, uh, young person that you're raising up on the earth. And, and, and I just had the fear of the Lord like, who were they? 
that they were that important. And I'm kind of getting into the car. And you know what the Lord speaks to my heart? He said, yeah, Christoph, that was the next Lauren Cunningham. The next Billy Graham. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I love every single person. And I would go to any distance. And I love every single one the same way I would the next Lauren Cunningham. He's like, I wanted to show you that. That's how far I'm willing to go. I'm willing to bend over backwards for every single one. When you think of commissioning, what is a verse or what is a passage that comes to mind for you? <laughs> Ask your neighbor, what, what's, what passage comes to mind when you think from Scripture about commissioning? Tell them why you think of that passage. Yes. All right, give, the, give your person a fist bump and say, wow, I like the way you think. <laughs> All right, I don't know what you guys got. There's so many. There's so, many, there's so many amazing passages about commissioning. Uh, for me personally, the one, the, again, they're all amazing. You can't say one scripture is better than the other, right? It's all, it's all Jesus. But, but for me, one that comes to mind for right now is Isaiah 6. It's a wild commissioning because he gets commissioned from the throne room. It's like you get to see the king, Jesus, in his natural habitat. That's pretty fun. It's a wild place. Now, the context for this in Isaiah 6, right, we all know, is the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord exalted high and lifted up. Now, King Uzziah was a king who... I don't know if it was just pride or hubris. Uh, 
You know, but he kind of got cavalier about approaching the king. And the last couple of days we've been talking about the king. But he gets cavalier, King Uzziah dies, and he goes to offer incense in the temple. He's greeted by like a whole squad of, of priests, and they're, and they're begging him, don't do this foolish thing. Don't do this foolish thing. Like you know you're going into the presence of the king, See, uh, you're, you're into the real king, the king of kings. And, and they're begging him. Could you imagine? There's like 80 or so priests. Like begging him before he's trying to go into this like prayer room, so to speak, right? Into the presence of God. Like don't do this foolish thing in your pride. But you know King Uzziah, he treats it like a light thing and he kind of pushes them to the side. He's like, nah, I got this. Goes in, offers incense and boom, he's struck with leprosy. Now again, it's kind of a sad situation for a couple reasons. But I think it's this realization <laughs> What we're talking about, there's a real physical power in God. It's not a metaphorical power. And they're trying to protect him. They're like, no, bro, you're, you're going to like, it's like putting a plugged-in toaster into the bathtub. I'm trying to save your life. You're a king. You got blood on your hands. That's why we're priests. We're set apart so that we can go before the presence of this holy, holy God. And they're begging him, but he treats it like a light thing. And he just goes in like, nah, 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 it's okay, Psh, whatever. Scary. And then you see this whole situation play out, right, with Isaiah. God bless him. Oh, man. Whoa. We get to see this one day. We get to see this one day. Wow. Maybe some of you already have. <laughs> Maybe some of us will today. <laughs> Maybe some of us will get commissioned from the throne room. <laughs> but as Isaiah is up there as well, you know, he has the same thing. And he's like, oh, no. He's freaking out. He's like, ah. He's like, I'm a dead man. I'm done. That's it. My eyes have beheld. I've seen the king of glory with my eyes. And I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live amongst the people of See, Isaiah wasn't treating it like a light thing. You see this as well, right? Like, this is not a, a metaphorical, this is a real physical power. You see this, again, in the throne room in Revelation 4 and 5. Revelation 4 and 5, kind of wild. It's a little bit different, right? You see these four living creatures, and the four living creatures, are, they're, they're wild. They're, like, covered with eyes all around, within. It says on the outside of their wings, underneath their wings, eyes all around. And I love it because everything in nature has a functionality to the design. So because they're bef before Jesus, uh, the one on the throne who is so beautiful, they need eyes all around just to behold his beauty. <laughs> There's a functionality in that design. And, you know, they're beholding this beautiful one. Like, I don't even know if beauty is like, it's such a poverty of words for what I'm, you know, what we're trying to say, right? And, uh, and I used to think, like, this is a miracle, they sing the same song day and night, night and day, and it never gets played out. This is incredible. I'm that guy. You know, I get a song that's anointed, and I hit that repeat. I don't know. My wife hates it. She's like, stop it. You're going to ruin the song. 
We're never going to be able to listen to it again. I'm like, I'm trying to get every drop out of this song. I'm trying to get it into my bone marrow, you know. <laughs> but it's true, you know, it can only take so much. And then I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta give the song a break. And then I see this in the throne room. I'm like, what? Day and night? Night and day? Like, they don't eat. They don't sleep. Apparently, they don't have any other jobs at this point. They're just literally singing the same song on re- Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. Like, this is amazing. This is the miracle. Never gets played out until I realize that w- one of the aspects of the word holy literally means infinitely above and beyond. So, I wonder what's happening. Maybe they take a look and they're like, and I I don't know how the song goes, you know. (laughs) But they're like, oh, something new that we haven't yet seen. Something so next level, something so beautiful. I never saw this aspect of his beauty yet. Ah! And then it's so nuts. It's so next level. <laughs> Watch this. They got to literally cover up. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh. And it says they cover up. Which is kind of wild because you know they got eyes under their wings too. So I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Maybe they just close the eyes on the underneath of the wings. Or co- but they got to cover up. And as, they, as they're like covering up, I wonder if they're just like, oh. Oh, 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 my, oh, did you see that? Oh, that was so next level. That was so infinitely above and beyond. I couldn't even have imagined what, what that one was. Oh, oh, but he's so beautiful. He's so next level. I got to look again. I got to look again. Oh, I got to look again. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We're going to look. We're going to look. All right. Ox face, are you ready? All right, let's do it. Eagle face, yeah, let's do this. All right, here we go. Holy! Ah! (laughs) How many volts is in the one who sits on the throne? Just his beauty alone. Who is this one who sits on the throne? Who is this king of glory, the Lord God Almighty? Who is he? Who is he? Revelation of the one who is commissioning you will sustain you. Revelation of the one who is commissioning you is the only thing that will fulfill you in the sending and in the going. Who is this king of glory? It's so wild to me, man. so interesting that probably for a lot of us we won't leave and and go out to these hard places or go out and do whatever it is that he's asking us let me just say this too i know some of you know praise god are going to america let's go god bless america needs the gospel too america needs the gospel come on wherever the lord sends us but we know that there is an aspect of the commission that it's called us to go to the poor wherever we go to, go, to those that need the gospel wherever we go. And, and in some of these times, I think, you know, it's only that revelation of, of the one who sent us. But also sometimes as you go, you start to discover 
more of the one who sent you in the face of the poor as you serve them. In the hungry, right? Because even Jesus said, wow, you came and visited me in, in prison. You came and gave me food. You gave me clothes when I was there. When did we do that? When you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. But imagine this, the one who sits on the throne. Who is this king of glory? What? Whoa. And imagine this moment, right? There's, there's this wild moment. And we know the passage from Isaiah 6. Many of us can quote it. We sing about it all the time. And you hear what's so wild. You'll notice this in, in Isaiah 6 and in Revelation 4 and 5. And I, it was so crazy. Over COVID, I was in grafting, visualizing, and memorizing some of the ones, some of these throne room passages. And I remember I was sitting on my lanai on my porch. And I was just going over and over. And I read this, maybe, you know, like, like you guys, like hundreds of times, whatever. And all of a sudden, I just got to this one part. And it literally hit me. And I was like, whoa. And I got electrocuted. And I, I like, fell off my chair. And I'm on the the ground on my lanai just getting hit with this. I'd never seen it before. Because in Revelation 4 or 5, it talks about, you know, pulsing from the throne or blinding flashes of lightning, peals of thunder, and voices. And I was like, wait a second. Voices coming from the throne. Wait a second. Voices coming from the throne. Voices coming from the throne. That's the Trinitarian dialogue on the throne of the Trinity, of God the Father, God the Son, and God Holy Spirit in their dialogue. And just like Isaiah can hear the dialogue on the throne of who shall we send, who will go for us. And John, just like Isaiah, is brought into the conversation of the Godhead on the throne. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there is a conversation that's happening. And it's been happening. The one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. Home. Like, what does that mean? I remember one time I was like, you know, reading through the whole Bible. And I started start off again in Genesis. And I just got to Genesis 1, the very first verse. In the beginning was God. And I remember just getting blasted on my bed. Like, uh. Like just shook to the core. Like what do you mean in the beginning was God? You have no beginning? Just can't, try to, try to let's just let that hit you just a little bit. He has no beginning though. When did he start? In the, no. <laughs> but who did he, where did he come from? No. But who started hitting? No. <laughs> but what's, no. <laughs> Always was. What? Always was. Who is this king of glory? Fully sustained in himself in the Trinity. In one, in perfect, the essence of love itself. But imagine, there's this moment, right? Isaiah's taken up. He hears the conversation on the throne room within the Trinity. Who shall we send? Who will go? And Isaiah's like, here am I, send me, I'll go. 
But you guys know the rest of the story. And that's so weird, right, with Isaiah 6, because you read the rest of the passage, and he had a super tough mission. It wasn't necessarily to a ripe harvest that he was sent to. He was sent to the hard harvest. He's like, yeah, you're basically just going to go prophesy. They're not going to listen. But it's just like an expression of my love, the fact that I'm giving them a chance. So God bless your ministry. <laughs> Isaiah ends up getting sawed into, you know, they don't listen. But, but he was faithful. And prophet after prophet after prophet is coming. And I don't know where we get this, like, idea of, like, you know, God, God being, like, this, this one with the long white beard and his finger on the smite button. Like, looking like Gandalf in the sky or something. Maybe we get that from the, our idea of the prophets, you know. But you even see prophet after prophet that is being sent. Like, Jeremiah is the prophet of tears. I believe they're coming with the heart of God, like, please come back. God loves you and he wants you back. He loves you and he wants you back. Come home. But prophet after prophet, they're hardening in their heart and they're not listening, but they're being sent, but no one's listening. But this is so nuts, fam, is imagine this moment. In history, we're in the Trinitarian dialogue, all of a sudden, Jesus stands up, turns to the Father, the Holy Spirit, says, it's my time. Send me. And Jesus, this king of glory that has no beginning and has no end, this king Jesus of infinite power, of infinite beauty, of infinite holiness, Infinity volts says, here am I, Father, Holy Spirit, send me. I'll go. And he steps off the throne <laughs> and is sent into the womb of a woman and is puts on an earth suit that's knit together for him in Mary's womb. That's why I think perhaps the Christmas story is one of the greatest commission, commissioning passages we have in Scripture. <laughs> how does that physically work? Just physically. How does Mary not get fried having the uncreated God in her womb? <laughs> That's a valid question. How does she not get turned into KFC? <laughs> the, the king just got out of his throne and stepped in to the story through the womb of a woman, puts on an earth suit, and somehow in the mystery of God, in theology, we call it the hypostatic union. It's a mystery how he can be fully, fully God, yet fully man for love. You see, it was for love that propelled him. It was for love. It was for you that he had in mind where he couldn't sit on the throne any longer, though he'd been there forever. And he said, it's my time. I got to go. The only thing that will work is the cross. It's my time. Here am I. Send me. And in this, we see something so wild. This is what we would call the missio Dei or the mission of God. 
And in this we see that mission is not our idea from the church, but mission is a very attribute of God himself. That mission is a part of his very nature. You see it from the time with Moses. Hey, tell them the I am that I am has sent you. Tell Pharaoh that. Abraham, through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But there's a time where the king himself comes in to the story. Puts on an earth suit. Earth suits are kind of wild. You like your earth suit? This human body? This thing all right, right? Don't hate your earth suit. Don't hate your earth suit. The world, the media is going to tell you to hate your earth suit, man. Love your earth suit. God made your earth suit. All right? Earth suits are cool, man. They're water resistant. Right? They're water resistant. If you cut them, you can sew your earth suit back together. It's pretty dope, right? You charge your earth suit at night. You got to recharge that. You know, you fuel it up throughout the day. You got to give it some fuel. Thank God he gave us flavor and taste buds, so the fuel is amazing. Just because he's good, flex. <laughs> right? Earth suits are pretty crazy, man. Go ahead. What is this? What's going on? <laughs> it's <a> trip. <laughs> what, dude? <laughs> what is life, dude? <laughs> Yo, true story. True story. Um, you know, Richard Wormbrand, um, Tortured for Christ, uh, he wrote this book, Tortured for Christ. He was imprisoned in communist Russia back in the day. And it's super gnarly, right, because they try to stamp out the idea of God so that the state can r control people. But there was his, some of his Russian communist jailers came to say there has to be a God because of the human hand. They looked at this and go ahead, just look at this. Like... The earth suits are wild, fam. You know, the only way to get one of these earth suits is custom made through the womb of a woman. That's pretty wild. Custom made. Go ahead, look at those little, look, look, look. Do you see those little lines on the end of your little fingertips right there? The only ones just, just like that out of all 7 billion people on planet earth. Custom design. Custom design. <laughs> how, but I got this question though. How does the king of glory, imagine that moment. Imagine this moment where Jesus, the king of glory is sent. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is in his earth suit. And he just starts looking at his human hand. Is that a moment? I don't know. How old do you think he is at that moment? When the king of glory, the uncreated, holy God who always was, always is, always will be, has this realization that he's in an earth suit, dude. He who in the very nature God did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being found in human appearance, he humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That everyone who will believe in him. See, he's given the name above all names. 
But there's this reality because I would always think, right, like if, if there were to be a God to come to planet Earth, he would, you know, like people throughout human history have speculated what a God would be if he came to Earth. Wouldn't he look like Zeus? Hercules something. Give me, maybe he looks a little bit like the rock. I don't know. <laughs> what could he, he should be able to fly. Give me some laser eyes. Or at least, at least the, the one that we see in Revelation 4 and 5 in his natural habitat. Like when God come to earth, he could just come rolling in the throne. It's a mobile throne. We saw that in Ezekiel. It's mobile. It can move. It's got wheels with their wheels with their wheels. The spinners. Spinner hubcasts. <laughs> Why wouldn't he just roll up like into Jerusalem just like... <laughs> Four living creatures, the whole entourage, just like, what's up? Bow down. Bow down. Joining the song, holy, 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 you know. Why would the king not come like that? Why in his mission, why in his sending does he come humble and lowly in the nature of a servant? Do you ever think about that? What are your thoughts on why this king of glory would come so humble in his sending? And I wonder if it's because if he came in his full throne room mode, that we would just be puddle on the ground like everybody else who saw him in the throne. And he's like, no, I want to see love requires choice or it's not love. Who really loves me for me? The purpose of all of creation, love, requiring choice. He comes humble. And maybe that's why he's sending you a humble servant. Simple. You're like, I don't have many gifts that I know of yet. <laughs> but I don't think I have any gifts yet. Who am I? Where am I from? I'm not special. I don't feel like I'm a good speaker. I don't feel like I have X, Y, Z. He's like, perfect. He says, my power is made perfect in weakness when you're dependent on me. Here am I, send me. So here's this thing, the revelation of the one who sent you will sustain you. It's so wild how Jesus, the one on the throne, is still being sent today. He is still being sent today. Because his body his earth suit is you. You are the body of Christ. You are the hands of Christ. You are the feet of Christ. You are the mouth of Christ. He is still being sent today. Here am I, send me. He spe he's fluent in all of these lands. This is the wisdom of God. He's like, it's better that I go and Holy Spirit comes. And I now dwell in you. You will be my temple. This is the body of Christ. What? 
And because of the cross, because of the great exchange, the Holy Spirit of the living God can dwell inside of you and not turn you into KFC. The Holy Spirit of the living God dwelling in you. Yo, so it's crazy, right? Like, if you were talking to a, uh, a, Nepali, a Nepali person, you would speak Nepali, right? A Thai person, you would speak Thai. Pour français, tu peux parler français. En créole, tu peux parler créole. Portuguese, tu peux parler portugais. But what's crazy is, think about this, think about this. In Deutsch, sprechen sie Deutsch. But how wild is this, that Yeshua is fluent in those languages because he's fluent through you, the native speaker of whatever language you are. So Yeshua, think, and not just linguistically, but even culturally, through his body, the you, the church. So think about it. Yeshua is, is not like an outsider in Kashayan. He speaks Kashai. Fluently speaks Kashai through our Kashayan family that hosts the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Let's go. Listen, he speaks skate culture, not as like an outsider, nerdy, like corny person. Try No, but he's fluent through our skaters amongst us. Same with hip-hop. Same with whatever subculture you carry or whatever language you carry. Because why? You're the body of Christ. And he's still being sent today. The revelation of the one who sent you will sustain you. And only the revelation of the one who sent you will fulfill you. Listen. That revelation of the commissioning king is that fuel for you when you pray for 50 people and no one gets healed. Because you're going to look at the one who sent you and it's going to give you faith to pray for 51. It's not about me. It's about the one who sent me. You know, the revelation of the one who sent you will also help you if you pray for the first 50 people and they all get electrocuted and like blasted by the glory to not have pride. Because you'll look back to the one on the throne who sent you. The revelation of the one who sent you will be with you when you're eating unfamiliar food. <laughs> We just ate horse, like I told you, in Kyrgyzstan. It's pretty good. Tastes like roast beef. <laughs> Craziest thing I ever ate was uh, goat brain. No, not in Kyrgyzstan. That was in India. <laughs> you just <laughs> might look to the, to the one who sent you. In those moments, you're eating unfamiliar food. And then you're having like, you're, 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 your stomach is kind of going crazy. And you realize you're in the very middle of your very own YWAM poop story. Yeah. 
The revelation of the one who sits on the throne. The revelation of the one who sent you will sustain you when you're on a 52-hour bus ride with no AC. Like, what am I doing out here? You know those bus rides? It's like this bus ride, bro. You can't really. <laughs> bro, we got some crazy bus ride stories, my guy. <laughs> when it suddenly dawns on you, wait a second. I'm not even paid to be out here. <laughs> Well, yeah, bro. When it suddenly dawns on you, wait a second, I paid money to be out here. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Check this out. Your desire to reach the lost will not sustain you. Only the revelation of Jesus' love for you and his love for the lost will sustain you. Your desire, to, your desire to travel and see the world will not sustain you. The revelation of the one who sits on the throne and sent you will sustain you. When you're in Mongolia or some Nepal and it's January, middle of the night, and you cold, that desire to travel, it goes out the window real quick. But you look back at the one who sits on the throne who sent you. Your desire to help the poor and the hungry itself will not sustain you. When you're hit in the face with the reality of poverty and starvation, and you feel like your, your help is only the drop in a bucket to this great injustice and need. But when you look to the one who sits on the throne. And he himself was born in a manger, an animal feeding trough. Lived amongst the poor. And gave himself. When you realize the one who sits on the throne, that there is this great equalizer called eternity. And this life is only just the blink of an eye. You have revelation of the one who became a servant of all. Even your desire to see miracles will not sustain you. But if you're carrying a revelation of the king of kings who sits on the throne, hey, with every miracle you see, it just causes an explosion of worship back unto him. Lord, for your glory, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever. It's all for you. I've seen many people that go down this road. Your desire to go will never fulfill your desire for God. Lord, we just say you alone. You alone are our far exceedingly great reward, like you said to Abraham. Jesus. Jesus. I just want to invite my friend Inhe up here. If you could just give her a warm welcome. She's going to join me. Let's go on the violin. I just want to look at the one who sits on. I want to look at this, this king of glory for a little bit. Can we do that together? And as we do that, we just believe in faith for whatever 
Jesus wants to do in his commissioning of you today. Jesus, just begin to say his name. Yeshua. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him flew seraphim. Each of them had six wings. With two wings they covered their face and with two wings they covered their feet. And with two wings they flew. And they called to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The whole earth is filled with his glory. It's filled right now. It's filled right now. It's filled with the fuel of his glory. And it's just waiting for the spark of the fire to ignite it. The whole earth is flooded. It's filled with his glory. Right now, Brazil is filled with his glory. Nepal is filled with his glory. The Middle East is filled with his glory. Ah. Central Asia is filled with his glory. Kyrgyzstan is filled with his glory. Lebanon is filled. It's filled with his glory. The U.S. is filled with his glory. I said, woe is me, I am ruined. I'm a dead man. For my eyes have seen the king of glory. And I am a man of unclean lips and I live amongst the people of unclean lips. Then one of the seraphim took a live coal with tongs from the altar, put it in his hands and he flew towards me. And with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. And with it your sin is removed and your guilt is atoned for. Then I heard voices from the throne saying, Who shall we send? Who will go for us? And I said, Lord, here am I. Send me. 
Lord, here am I. Send me. Lord, here am I. Send me. The voice spoke to me like a trumpet blast, saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will grant the right to come in and sit on my throne, just as I overcame and sit with my father on his throne. Then behold, a voice spoke to me again like a trumpet blast, saying, come up here, come up now, ascend into this realm. And immediately I was taken into the spirit realm. And behold, I saw a heavenly throne set in its place. And someone like the Son of Man seated upon it. He was shining bright and clear like a crystal. Glowing like a fire ember. The red was blood red like a ruby. And around the throne was an emerald green rainbow. Life, life, life. Pulsing from the throne were blinding flashes of lightning, peals of thunder, and voices. Encircling the great throne were 24 thrones with elders in glistening white garments sitting upon them, each wearing a golden crown. front of the throne was a crystal sea like glass. In front of the throne were seven blazing torches, which represent the seven facets of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Lord, wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, power, and the fear of the Lord. And around the throne were four living creatures. They were full of eyes all around and within, and each of them had six wings, and they were covered all with eyes and underneath their wings. The first had the face like a lion. The second like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth looked like an eagle in flight. And they called to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. When the four living creatures gave glory, honor, and praise to the one who sits on the throne and lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell face down and cast their crowns and began to sing, saying, Worthy, worthy, worthy are you, Lord God Almighty. For you created all things. And by your plan, they were created and they exist. Lord, here am I. Send me. Where is that moment? Where for love, he could be restrained no longer. And Yeshua is sent from his eternal throne. 
he who in very nature God did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being found in human appearance, he humbled himself, became obedient to death and even death on a cross. And therefore the Father would exalt him and give him the name that is above every name. That the name of Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, every knee would bow. In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Lord, here am I, send me. Lord, here am I, send me. God sent the archangel Gabriel to the village of Nazareth in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to a man named Joseph who was a descendant of King David. The angel appeared to her and said, Greetings, highly favored woman. You have found favor with God. Mary was confused and was wondering what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said, Don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a child. <laughs> Lord, here am I, send me. And he will be great. He will be very great. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he shall reign over Israel forever. And his kingdom will never end. But Mary thought to herself, how could this be? For I am a virgin. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the glory of the Most High God will overshadow you. So that the baby will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. Mary said, I am a servant of the Most High God. May everything that you've said about me come true. At this time, Augustus was the Roman emperor. He decreed that a census should be taken throughout the empire. So everyone returned to their ancestral towns to be registered for the census. So Joseph traveled to Bethlehem, taking his fiancée Mary with him, who was now visibly pregnant. When they arrived, the time came for them to give birth to their child. And they gave birth to a son. They named him Yeshua. 
wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, an animal feeding trough, because there was no lodging available for them. Now that night, there were shepherds staying in fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel appeared before them, and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you great news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, the Messiah, is born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Here am I, send me. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and laying in a manger, an animal feeding trough. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven, singing and praising God, saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those who please him. Glory to God in the highest heaven. Thanks so much for listening. For more on going to the nations, stay right here on Fire and Fragrance podcast.